You're listening to podcast audio from Radiant Church, located in Bay City, Michigan. For more information on Radiant Church, you can check us out on www.radiantbc.com or follow us on social media at Radiant Bay City. Good morning, you guys. Good to be with you in the house of the Lord. If you're new, welcome to Radiant Church. My name is Marco, and I am the lead pastor here. So grateful that you decided to worship with us this weekend. Hey, a couple of weeks ago, I officially announced our For Future Generations campaign. God has called us to make more room here for future generations to Love him, serve him, and know him. And so we're expanding our property here. It's exciting times. If you're new to Radiant and maybe you missed that a couple of weeks ago, I want to invite you right after service. We're having a quick event. It's about maybe 10 minutes long at the most. I'm going to give you some details of what For Future Generations is all about. We've got some muffins in there, some goodies that you can partake in. And again, it'll only take about 10 minutes and you'll get caught up to speed with everything everything for future generations. Well, today is day number seven of our daily readings, and I don't know if any of you are following along, but this is our spiritual journey brochure, and this is day seven today. If you didn't get one of these, I'm not sure if we have any left, but you can go to radiantbc.com and just download it there for free. Every day there's a a Bible uh, verse with a short devotional that I wrote for our church body so that we could engage on this 21-day spiritual journey as we look forward to what God is wanting to do in and through us. Let me just give you a few quick stats when it comes to the spiritual journey. Last week, if you remember, um, you guys had a commitment card. It was a spiritual journey commitment card, and we filled that out. Well, here's the good news. 234 of you filled that out, and so you're taking that journey with us, so we're very excited for that. Thank you for journeying with us. And then out of the 234, 166 people said, hey, I'm going to do all three things for 21 days. That means they're going to do their daily Bible reading, which is in your brochure. They're going to fast a meal somehow, either daily or perhaps weekly, and they're also going to spend a minute every single day praying for for future generations that we might be faithful to the calling that God has given us corporately, corporately as the body, as we move forward, as we look to enlarge our territory, so to speak, and to welcome more people into this house. So I'm so hopeful and excited, you guys. Thank you for, again, participating in this journey. And then I want to remind you, Sunday, May 21st, It's coming up pretty soon, okay, Sunday, May 21st. We're going to come together as, again, a church, and we're going to make that commitment to what we will give above and beyond the tithe for 24 months. Again, you're going to fill out a commitment card, and then you're going to bring your best offering, your a gift for King Jesus, so we can kind of get this thing going. You know what I mean? Get the ball rolling. Let's move forward with this. I don't want this to take three years. I'm praying that we can get this going in just the next several months, hopefully, that God will be good and that uh, he will show up in a miraculous way through our obedience, through our generosity. So some of you have asked, Pastor Marco, I won't be here on May 21st. What do I do? Well, here's the good news. Uh, From May 21st onward, we will have those commitment cards available at the church. So just come back. If you're on vacation, if you're traveling for work, just come back in the next week or the week after. 
fill out that commitment card, bring an offering. Our new tithe envelopes that we'll have on that day, the, the 21st, will have a section from now on that says, for future generations building campaign. And then our online giving will also change from that point on so that anytime you want, you'll be able to give to that initiative, okay? So if you're gone on the 21st, no worries. Whenever you're back in town a week or two weeks later, just fill that in for us, and then you can commit to whatever the Lord shows you to give. So I'm so excited for future generations. And again, if you want more info, just go to our website, radiantbc.com. Com. All right, well, listen, uh, today's week number two of our message series that we've entitled for future generations. It correlates with the direction our church is moving in. And last week we talked about faith. What an awesome story if you were here. Numbers chapter 13, Numbers chapter 14. If you weren't here, you can go back and listen on YouTube or watch on YouTube. But we read the story of faith, that was the theme. Joshua and Caleb, remember, they were the only guys that were, like, confident that they could go into the promised land. They had faith. And I just picture Caleb standing on top of of a rock and ripping his shirt open, maybe. I don't know if he ripped his shirt open, but he's like, we can do it. It was like a brave heart moment. Right? And the rest of the crowd is like, yeah, I don't know about this dude, right? There are giants in the land, and... There are obstacles, and you know what? We're, we're not taking that journey. And, of course, God says, okay, if, that's, if you guys won't do it, then a new, I'll, I'll choose a different people to do it. So he has to wait until they all die off, which is what ends up happening. But today, I want us to look at the book of Joshua, Joshua chapter 1. A lot of us are familiar with Joshua chapter 1 because it has these epic verses on obedience and courage. And that's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at the first nine verses in Joshua chapter 1. Joshua is the new leader because why? Moses has died, and now Joshua is the successor. He is the appointed successor. And remember, God wants to give Israel, this, this Jewish nation, the nation state of Israel, this piece or plot of land. And God has said to them that it will be a land flowing with what? With milk and honey in it. And God wants to give them this promise. It's a good promise. He wants them to inherit this land and take possession of this land. And Joshua is the guy to lead them there. So if you have a Bible, let's just get into it. It's Joshua chapter 1. We're going to pick things off in Verse number one. The verses will be behind me as well. You can read them there. Here's what it says. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord. Now, notice, church, that God calls Moses the servant of the Lord. And I said this in first service. It's interesting because he doesn't call anybody else that until Caleb. Until Caleb. Caleb becomes his servant. Now, You probably don't know this, but by the end of the book of Joshua, guess what God calls Joshua? His servant. His servant, right? Jesus said, if you want to be great, you must be a servant, right? And I know that's demeaning for so many of us, but to be great in the kingdom of God means to what? Serve other people. Serve your spouse. I know you, but you're thinking, they don't deserve it, Pastor Marco. I don't care, right? Uh, They don't treat me very nice. I get that. And you're still called to serve. Serve in the church. The church is called to serve its community. You're called to be a servant. That, that title, by the way, Servant of the Lord, that's like a, 
That's like a prominent title. That's a big deal. Like, that's a good thing. You want to be called, right? Good and faithful servant of the Lord. All right, let's keep going. The death of Moses, the servant of the Lord. The Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aide. So Joshua was Moses' understudy, his aide, his assistant, okay? Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them. To the Israelites, I will give to you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, that's going up north, and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea on the west, in the west, right? No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I will, I will be with you. You. What an incredible promise he makes to Joshua. He says this, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land. I swore to them and their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. And then he says this, be careful to what? Obey, yeah, obey all the law. My servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. God wants Joshua to be successful. I love this. Keep the book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful. Here, here it goes again. God says this again. To do everything written in it. Then... God says, then, after you do these things, right, then you will be prosperous and successful, okay? Have I not commanded you? God's like, did you forget already? Because if you forgot, let me remind you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. He says this, do not be discouraged. Do not be discouraged. Are you discouraged this morning? Some of you are probably. That's my guess. God would remind you this morning, don't be discouraged. I'm with you. Don't be afraid. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. God makes a promise. I'm going to be with you, Joshua, wherever you go. Let's pray for a few moments, and then we'll dive into the rest of our message. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you so much for your word. We thank you for your presence here among us. We thank you um, just for the opportunity to allow us to be hearers. Father, I know that we all have ears, but only some of us will hear. That's what your word says. So will you give us ears to hear what the Spirit might say to us, God? Soften hearts, open blind eyes, unlock deaf ears. God, draw us close to you. We want to know you today. We want to know you. We want to know you today, God. That's our heart. Draw us close to you. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said, amen. amen. Church, I want you to think back to a time where you needed courage. Maybe it was yesterday for you. Maybe it was this morning. I don't know, okay, for some of you. Perhaps you started a new job. Have you ever started a new job? It's nerve-wracking, isn't it? No? Okay. Maybe you attended a new school, like you moved and you had to go to a new school. You know what I'm saying? It's like nerve-wracking. You're like, I don't know anybody here. Maybe you're older and you're like you're the late 40s, 50s, and God called you to a career change. You got to go back to college and you're the oldest person now in the classroom and you 
Your heart is full of all these insecurities, like, oh, these, these young kids in here, and here I am getting my degree. What am I even doing here? I don't belong here. And just, ah, oh, I don't know. God is asking you to have courage in this season, right? You need courage. I mentioned this, but you need courage when you move to a new city. Because show of hands, if you'd be so polite this morning, how many of you have ever moved to a new city? Raise your hand up, high and high. That's a lot of you, yeah. You've moved to a new, Pastor Jacob's like, I know exactly what that's like. They moved from Jackson to Bay City. And listen, when you move to a new city, that's also, that takes a lot of courage. I was 27 years old. Man, that was a long time ago now. Wow, oof. that was almost 20 years ago. Whoa. Oh, my gosh, I know, I know, I'm getting old, I know, I know, oh, my, is right. Listen, that was almost 20 years ago for me. I, God called me to move. I was living in Bridgeport, Michigan, and God called me to move. Actually, he didn't really call me. I was not even saved then. Uh, I, I called myself um, to move from Bridgeport to Tempe, Arizona. And how many of you know everything's different in Tempe, Arizona? Phoenix is like enormous, by the way. Holy smokes. It's enormous. And I was in this little tiny town of Bridgeport. It was like, <laughs> and I accepted a job to be a school teacher there. I was a seventh grade science teacher. Can you imagine me teaching seventh graders? Holy smokes. I don't know how many times I wanted to flip a desk over. My goodness, okay. <laughs> Just lost it, right? It was like Chris Farley, right, pulling up his pants. Like, you don't know what you're talking about, kids, right? And so... Um, <laughs> but listen, that required a lot of courage. I didn't have any family there. I had only a few friends, li literally a handful of friends, okay? And as I look back, I think to myself, how did I even do that? That was crazy, but it took courage to navigate all of it, okay? It took great courage. Parents, let me speak to you for just a moment. It takes a lot of courage to be a parent today, doesn't it? Amen? Amen. Yeah, you know, our kids are facing more obstacles, more challenges, uh, more temptations. My goodness, right at their fingertips, they have more temptations than ever made available to mankind, okay? And just thinking about it is very daunting to me. It's very intimidating as a parent. I'm like, ah, right? Like, like our kids don't come with an instruction manual. Like, we, we listen, I'll make you a deal. I'll pray for you. You pray for me, Okay. Okay? You pray for me, I'll pray for you. We got to have a deal, parents. We got to be in this together. We're trying to, to raise them up in the admonition of the Lord when all of the world is anti Christ, okay? All of the world is anti God. It takes a lot of courage to be a parent today. And let me just say this finally we need courage to obey God, don't we? We need courage to obey God in a world that is, again, anti God. It takes a lot of courage. If we're going to follow Jesus today, in our world today, it's going to take great courage. One of the most frequent prayers I pray over myself is this, Lord, make me courageous. Lord, never let me cower in fear. That's a relevant prayer for me. My guess is that it's also a relevant prayer for you, though, okay? No matter what you do, it doesn't matter what you do. If you're in education, if you're in medicine, if you're in some sort of service, of, uh, if you're in construction, if you're in accounting, I don't care what you do. Listen, um, our values are now increasingly being pushed to the margins, right? And so we're called to be courageous if we're going to live based 
on our convictions, okay? So it takes great courage now to obey the Lord. Now, these are all circumstances that necessitate courage, and I want to bring that back down to Joshua. Joshua is Moses' successor. How old was Moses when he died? Anybody know? 120 years old. I think I heard someone whisper it. 120 years old. His eyes were still strong, the Bible says, and yet he was not able to go and take possession of the promised land. And, and Joshua now is the new leader. And, and I'm sure there were expectations of Joshua that the people had, right? And whenever you or whenever there is a leadership transition within an organization or a country, that's an especially vulnerable time, right? If you're a school teacher, I used to be a teacher, and all of a sudden you have a new principal, listen, the teachers are either excited or they're walking on eggshells. If you're in medicine and you have a new like doctor who will, over, will be overseeing you, you, again, you're either really looking forward to it or you're like, I don't know who he's going to be or what she's going to think or believe and uh, I'm kind of nervous, right? If you, anytime there is a new leader within an organization, it causes vulnerability even within a nation. Some people exit, some people come on board if you're in a business, if you're whatever it is, right? So this is what Joshua is faced with. And leadership transitions can be very, very tricky because there are people who are used to Moses and Joshua has these big shoes to fill. He's like, there's a lot of people at this point in this Jewish nation and Joshua's called to lead them. Now, again, by this time, that old generation had all died off because of their unbelief. But a new generation has arisen, a new generation that believed God and his promises, and God wanted them to take possession of that land. He had made them a promise, and yet he had asked them to take possession of it. Look at verse number three, church. I will give you, God says, every place where you set your foot. As I promised Moses. Leave that verse up there. God says this, because this is a word for some of you today. I will give you, so God's going to do his end, every place where what? You. You set your foot. What does this mean? Well, God has a promise for Israel he wants to give them, but what must they do? They must go in and take possession of the land. They must go in, right? They must set their feet on every part of the land, not just sit on their hands, right? What does that mean for us? It's the same thing. God has a desired future for you and I, but it doesn't necessarily mean that we can just sit on our hands doing nothing. It doesn't necessarily mean that we can just wait around and be lazy and not do anything about it. Listen, no, 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 no. God says, listen, I want you to continue to move forward. God wants us to take possession of his promises, okay? So let me just speak to that for just a few moments. Young people, if you're in high school or grade school, young people, God is calling you to try out for that play, for you to, to try out for that sports team, for the, the baseball team or whatever team it might be, right? God's calling you, listen, to send that email about that job. You're just kind of hoping that it's going to manifest itself out of thin air, oh, right? No, 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 no. God wants you to 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 Reply to that email. God wants you to go into that job on an interview. God wants you to go back to school, right, and take that class and put one foot in front of the other. God has a promise. Listen, but he also wants us to inherit the promise, right? Can I just tell you this morning, I want to encourage you this morning that God honors movement. 
Can I get an amen? amen? Okay, there we go. It's like, nope, nothing. God honors movement. Movement. Too many Christians I know are sitting around just waiting and praying. Now listen, it's biblical to wait, and there's expectation in our waitingness when we wait. That's very true and very biblical. We just need to remember that God has given us a responsibility, and that is this, and that is this to put one foot in front of the other. And I know some, for some of you here, I know, you're like, well, how, but you don't understand, Pastor Marco, I have anxiety. Well, okay, so put one foot in front of the other. Well, Pastor Marco, I don't know what tomorrow will bring. I don't either. Put one foot in front of the other. Well, Pastor Marco, yeah, I don't know about the money situation and the, and the administration right now. That, I mean, it's just terrible right now. Our country's falling apart. I, I, yeah, I get that. Put one foot in front of the other, right? Uh, yeah, but I don't know because the, the, the Dodgers' diagnosis is not good. And, and, and what if, what if he, she does that and he does this? Uh, yeah, I don't have the answers either to that. But put one foot in front of the other. So God honors movement. He didn't ask you to have all the answers. He doesn't ask you to come up with the solution. He just asks you to move forward in faith. If you're, if you're um, struggling with addiction, I just feel that the Holy Spirit wants to press this. Too many of us are struggling with addiction, even in the church. Okay, Don't be surprised or shocked, even in the church. Listen, God is not asking you to have all the answers yourself, but he is asking you to, to move forward in your recovery. He's asking you to take one step to move forward in your recovery and don't expect that it's just going to go away automatically. God has given you a free will and he wants you to use it. God honors movement. Israel, go in. Take possession of the land. I got something I want to give you, but you got to put your feet on it. You got to get up. You got to move forward. I want to see you act in faith is what he's trying to tell his people. And too often Christians are like, well, I want you to move first, God. If you'll, just move, if you'll just move, then I'll move. And God's like, that's not how it works. That's not how faith works. I just want to reiterate that to you this morning. Faith works when you start to move. Yeah, but I don't know. I know you don't know. That's why it requires faith. Whenever God calls us to move forward, listen, he calls us to a new job, to a new season, to a new career, whatever it is for you, okay, listen, it always requires courage, doesn't it? It always requires courage. I don't care what you do or where you're from. So let's give a, a technical definition of what is courage then. This is the, the dictionary definition of courage. Courage means this, the quality of mind or spirit that enables a person to face difficulty, danger, pain, etc., without fear or without bravery. Now, I like this definition. It's a good definition. It's a technical definition. It's from the dictionary, and I like that, but I think I, think I want to add to it just a bit because I think the idea is, is that so often in the Christian walk, so often in our faith walk, God wants us to move forward, to continue in obedience, to continue in faith in spite of our obstacles, in spite of the difficulties that may lie ahead. Even if, listen, if we're still afraid, even if we're still scared, even if we're we're full of uncertainty. So let me just give you a redefinition of what I think courage is. It's this. Courage is the ability to move forward, obey God, and act in faith 
in spite of your fear. Right? Courage is the ability to move forward, obey God, and act in faith in spite of your fear. But I don't feel it, Pastor Marco. You don't have to feel it to do it, though. Okay? You don't have to feel it to do it. That's right. You don't have to feel it to obey God. You don't have to feel it, listen, to act in faith. You don't. You can just know this is the next right thing for me to do. It's already been written in his word, so I can go ahead and do it. I don't need to wait for the next big, you know, explosion in the sky, for God to write me a personal message in smoke in the sky just for me, that no one else would see it. I don't have to wait because I know it's been written. I can move forward trusting in the Lord through, of course, prayer, through, of course, discernment and wisdom from wise counsel, okay? If fear is the thing that immobilizes us, courage and trusting in God is what allows us to what? To move forward. So church, what I want you to see again is this, is that three different times in the first nine verses, God calls Joshua to be strong and to be what? Courageous. Three different times. Now, the very interesting thing about each of these verses, I first want you to notice is this. Notice this, that being courageous is not a suggestion, it's a command. So the thing is, is that God's not just handing out suggestions like, hey, you should give this a shot, buddy. Hey, chap, why don't you, why don't you try this sometime? Hey, if you got a little time, why don't you try courage? No, no, no. <laughs> That's not what God is doing. God is actually commanding Joshua. Hey, this is an imperative. I believe it's an imperative. I believe it's an imperative for us to be a people full of courage. With everything scary going on in our world, yes, even, even there, even in that time, right? Even right now. So listen, the idea is this. If, if this is a commandment, then what does it require on our part? It requires obedience, right? Obedience. God's not just dishing out suggestions like, hey, give it a shot. Like, you should try that sometime. No, he's like, hey, you're just going to be strong and courageous, okay? I'm commanding you right now. We're called to be a people of courage, right? Another fascinating thing that I want to say is we're going to look at these verses again, okay? Because three different times he brings this up, verse 6, verse 7, and verse 9. Now, we're going to look carefully at the text, but in each of these instances, church, God's command is entwined or wrapped up with an assurance or even a promise, we could say. It's wrapped up with an assurance of what he'll do for Joshua, but also for us. So we're going to take that word and we're going we're to apply it to our own hearts as well. That God is calling us to be strong and courageous, but it's not just like, hey, just muster up enough willpower and you'll, you'll kind of get through it, champ. It's not actually that. It's actually like, no. Here's what I'll do as well for you. So let's, let's look at that right now. The first one shows up in verse number six. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to, the, to inherit the land I swore, to your, I swore to their ancestors to give them. Okay. We'll leave that verse up for just a moment. Okay. Notice how the end of the verse uh, uh, starts with. God says, I swore to them. Okay, so what are you talking about, Pastor Marco? I don't really get this. Well, let me show you, okay? God is saying this. You can be strong and courageous, Joshua, because I said that I would give them this land, and if I said it, I'll do it. 
And I am a God who makes good on my promises. God assures Joshua of his promise. God is faithful to fulfill his word. Okay? I want you to notice his character. Numbers 23, 19, it says this. God is not human. He's not like us, okay? He's of a different essence is what theologians would, would, would call it. God is not human that he should lie. Not a human being that he should change his mind. God doesn't change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? It's a rhetorical question. The answer, of course, is no. Of course not. God always speaks and then he acts. God makes a promise and then he what? He fulfills it. And so I want to just remind you, church, that God is not like a man. He's not like us. We waver and we change our minds and we say we're going to do one thing and then we do another thing, right? And we tell our kids, hey, I'm going to do that. And then we don't always do it, okay? And they remind us of it as well. They have a good memory when it comes to that. Let me just say that much. Wow. Okay, they can't remember to take out the trash, but they can remember like what you told them that you were going to do. Anyhow, just speaking to my parents for a moment here. Listen, God does not lie because he cannot lie. He, not only does he speak what is true, but he is the very definition of what is truth. And so the idea, church, is if God said he'll do it, it's going to come to pass. He's going to fulfill his promises. And that's the idea. Joshua wants to, Joshua is to be, re, be reminded that God makes good on his promises. And church, I want you to be reminded God makes good on his promises. Every promise is yes and amen in Jesus Christ, okay? Look at verse number seven, the next one. Be strong and very courageous. This is the second time God says this here. And then what does he point Joshua to? Be careful to obey all the what, church? Law, Torah, the Hebrew, it's namos in the Greek. Obey all the Torah my servant Moses gave you. Instruction, teaching is what that truly means. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you may what? Be successful wherever you go. God's command to be strong and courageous is tied here to Torah obedience. What does that mean? That means this, that Joshua's uh, Joshua's obedience is not tied to military obedience, but it's tied to spiritual obedience. God is the only one who can give victory to, to Joshua, but it's going to be tied to Joshua obeying the law, being successful. God promises to give him success. And I just want to uh, remind you this morning that true success doesn't come from having a lot of money or being famous or having a billion you know, followers on Instagram or TikTok or whatever it is for you, right? True success comes in this, that we accomplish the will of God for our lives. That's just true success for the people of God. Now, God does bring blessing. Of course, we know that. God does bless his people. He is not afraid to bless individuals. But we also know that true success is allowing his will to be done in our lives. Notice what Jesus says in John 15, 7 and 8. He says this, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, my words. That's what he's talking about, my words. Jesus' words, God's word remaining in us. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, 
showing yourselves to be my disciples. God wants us to bear fruit. That's his will for our lives. But it doesn't happen um, out of nowhere or out of nothing. God is saying, Jesus says here, you got to let his words remain in you, right? Then you will be successful. And so we should want to be like Joshua, not to veer to the right or to the left. Let me just encourage you young people today. Don't veer to the left or don't, don't veer to the right. Just continue to follow Jesus. I know it won't be popular, and I know you won't always fit in, and I know you'll be mocked. You'll be mocked. But I just want to encourage you. You'll find success in life when you obey God's word. So church, let me just ask you this. Are you allowing God's word to abide in you? Psalm 119.11, I love that verse. You know this verse. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Are you hiding his word in your heart? Do you treasure Jesus' word? Are you treasuring his word? Or if you're honest with me, if you're honest, you never pick up his word. You never pick it up. Are you treasuring the word of Christ? Are you allowing his words to dwell within you richly as Paul commands in the book of Colossians? To let his word dwell within us richly. Are you meditating on his word day and night? And it may mean, listen, it doesn't always mean that you have to have a, a Bible app open, but it may mean that you're memorizing some scripture. It may mean that you're clinging to some of the promises of God in or as found in his word. That, that, that should characterize all of us. And I, I get it. You go through seasons where you're not as hungry as you are for other things. And sometimes you're hungry for God's word. Sometimes you're not hungry for God's word. And, and we need to discipline ourselves. Listen, to, to regardless of how we feel or what our feelings tell us, that we would be a people that go to God's word. Because in his word is where he speaks. In his word is where he wants to encourage. In his word is where he wants to give you hope. In his word, he wants you to draw near to him, right? So God promises Joshua of his power found through his word. So first, it was God's promise. The second, we see, was God's power through his word. Now, let's look at one more verse. In verse number nine, this is the last time he says it in these first nine verses. Have I not commanded you, right? Reminder. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Are you discouraged today? I know. Life is hard. Life is tough. Take this as a reminder. Don't be discouraged. Don't be afraid. That's easier said than done, Pastor Marco. I know. I get it. But I'm trying to encourage you this morning. Why? Because the word says it. <laughs> the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And this is not just for Joshua. It's for us too. He promised never to leave us nor forsake us. Matthew chapter 28. Verses 19 and 20, you can read it yourself, right? I will be with you. Okay? I will always be with you until the very end of the age is what Jesus said himself. The third call to courage, listen, addressed to Joshua was based on the promise of God's presence in his life. God would be with him. When you go into a fight, when you go into a battle, you want to know who's with you. You want to know who has your back. You want to know who's praying for you. You want to know that there's someone that you can call, that you can text, that you can send a message saying, I need prayer. I need help. I'm going through something. My husband's going through something. My wife is going through something. You need to have community, right? We, we need community, right? We need to know. We need to have community because we want people who are having our backs because 
Who has our backs makes all the difference, right? That makes all the difference. Whoever's with you makes all the difference. And God wants to remind us that he's with you, that he's for you. He's not against you. His presence goes with you everywhere. And I have to tell myself that very often, that the Lord is with me. And some of our staff here at Radiant Church, they're so incredible. They will text me, Pastor Marco, I just feel like the Lord wants to remind you, the Lord is with you. Thank you for being a great leader. We love you. We're behind you. We have your back. And they randomly text me every once in a while. Man, I just love that. Such people of courage, such people of honor, such people that are willing to stand in the gap. And I love that. Love having that team with me and by me and behind me because uh, they have my back and they're willing to go to battle for me. And, and, I, and, I, and, I, and you need the same thing. You need the same thing. You need a community of people who will, who will encourage you, who will text you. You need the church, okay, to be behind you. Listen, I can't make you get in the community, but I can offer you opportunities like a grill and chill or like ways to serve or come to New to Radiant. But you have to take those opportunities on your own. Okay, you're not in seventh grade anymore. I can't hold your hand, but you got to take steps, okay, to get into community. Why? Because we all need this. Because we know that whoever is for us, listen, makes all the difference. And God wants to remind us that he is for us. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And God knew. God knew that Joshua would feel weak and inadequate. That there would be times that God wanted, that Joshua, excuse me, would want to resign. Probably before he ever went into the promised land, Joshua was having second thoughts. And so what does he do? Three different times he has to remind him. And if Joshua needed reminding, guess Guess what? You need reminding too. I need to be reminded, be strong and be courageous. Be strong and be courageous. Be strong and be courageous in your marriage right now. Be strong and be courageous in the workplace right now. Be strong and be courageous. I know that you have a prodigal son, a prodigal daughter, but be strong. Keep praying. Be courageous where you're at right now. Be strong with that mental health issue that you're facing. Be strong and courageous with that disease that you're facing. I know, I know the doctors say it might come back. Be, be strong and be courageous. I'm here. If you don't get anything else from today, I'm here to tell you be strong and be courageous right? For your God is with you. He will fight for you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. And you as individuals can be strong. You can be courageous. I can do the same thing. Pray for me. I'll pray for you. God goes to the next level and he says, I'm going to give you my promise. I'm going to show you my power that's found in my word. And I'm also going to show you my presence that I'll be with you. I'll be with you. For whatever it is you're facing today. I want to say one more last thing and we'll wrap up here just shortly, I promise. Let me say this last thing. Blessing always follows obedience. Blessing always follows obedience. Church, I want to just speak to your heart for a moment. This seems to be a difficult thing with many Christians today. And I'm not blaming anyone. I'm just saying because of the world that we live in, okay? So I'm not against you. I'm just calling it like it is. Okay? But blessing always follows obedience. And so often we will negotiate with God. We will make an excuse, but we won't obey God. Whenever I meet with a person, whatever they're going through, whatever they're doing, whether it's anxiety, whether uh, they're on the brink of divorce, whether um, there's, a, there's an addiction problem, I don't care what it is. Okay? I don't care what you're going through. I'm always trying to steer people towards obedience to Christ. My staff is going to always try to 
steer people towards obedience to Christ, even though it's what? It's inconvenient, it's um, counterculture, um, it uh, goes against sometimes our own logistics, our own thinking, it's counterintuitive. In fact, many Christians, because it's counterintuitive, they would choose otherwise, okay? They would choose otherwise. But I want to just remind you today that obedience, listen, the backside of obedience is always blessing. It's not, it's not, it's, negotiation is not the backside of, is not, is, does not bring blessing. Uh, making an excuse does, does not bring blessing to God, does not honor him or bring blessing to your life, but obedience will bring blessing to your life. Well, yeah, but I, here's the thing, it's not convenient, and, and here's the thing, if we, if, we, if we live together right now, we can save money on rent. I didn't, I'm not asking you to think about your bills in that Sense. I'm asking you to trust God and be obedient. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. Um, I, I want to try before I buy it, and so if we can have sex a few more times, Pastor Marco, I, I think that would be fun for us. It would be fun. It would be, I could kind of get to experience that, you know what I mean? And I, I think maybe we won't be divorced because we've already had sex like 17 times, so it would be okay. And, and if I go back to her, if I go back to him, well, if I keep smoking that, if I keep doing that, listen, listen God's not looking for your excuse or your negotiation. He's looking for your obedience, okay? And that needs to be said in the church because too many Christians today are finding loopholes for obedience. I don't, I don't need to tithe because, no, no, no. Stop negotiating and just obey. Just come to obedience. Well, I don't, it's not biblical and this is old. No. My goodness gracious, I've never, I, I, I better be careful here, but I, I don't want to get on a soapbox, okay, so I won't. Church, we need to obey Christ, okay? So the church should be leading the way toward, yeah, but, but here, Pastor Marco, do you know how many people in here in this church smoke pot? No, I don't. Why is it about them? And what about you? Pastor Marco, do you know how many, if you only knew how many people were sleeping around in our church, my God, that's a terrible thing. But listen, I'm not worried about them. What about you? Where's your obedience? You're too people, you're too busy looking at other people. God says, look, look at your own heart, look at your own life, okay? And so listen, I, I want to remind you, church, that blessing always follows obedience, okay? Always follows obedience, but some of you don't believe that. That's what worries me. That's what concerns your pastor, is that some of you don't believe that. So you'd rather do it your way, and I get it. It's more convenient. I think we have an idol of convenience in the church. Just felt like the Holy Spirit gave that to me. God's not looking for you to do what's easy. He's looking for you to do what's right. And I love you. And this message is for me just as much as it is for you, okay? But listen, as your shepherd, I'm going to steer you towards obedience to Christ, obedience to God. We're going to close up right now because we're running out of time. Let me ask you a couple questions. Number one, church... What area do you need courage in right now in your life? What area do you need courage in? Let the Holy Spirit show you that, okay? We all need it. No one's exempt. What area do you need courage in? Number two, what area do you need to begin to practice obedience to his word right now? Right now. God is not asking you to go to the left or to the right, but God is asking you to begin to obey him with your sexuality, with your job, with your relationships. Yeah, but, 
uh, Pastor Marco, I don't feel, I feel this way. And we've come to idolize feelings far too much in our culture right now. And, and I, and I, I want to have compassion, I do. But I want to call you to obedience. I just feel like if I do that, though, he'll love me. He'll want to be with me. I know what you feel. But what is God calling you to obey? That's what I want to know. And I say, I say it with compassion in my heart because I love you. Where, where is he calling you to obey, though? And then corporately, we need to apply this because we're going into a building campaign. Um, just ask the Lord, what, what would he get, have you give? And then just obey. Just obey. Nothing more, nothing less. Um, May 21st, we'll come back together. We'll make a commitment together. And then whatever the Lord tells you, not whatever is in your bank account, not what you feel like is right, but what is the Lord asking of you? That's, and I know, but that would require faith. <laughs> I get it. Exactly. Exactly. And so just be faithful to what God has asked you to do. I can't tell you that number, but he can. God can tell you that number so that we, we might see future generations love him, serve him, and know him. Okay? Let's go ahead and wrap up. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. We thank you so much for today. Lord, fill your body with courage today. Fill your body with faith, God, today, that we might be a people, Lord, who are always moving forward in you, God, not offering excuses, not offering our negotiations, Lord, but offering you our obedience. A sacrifice of obedience is what you require, that we might be found faithful, God. Give us courage for the workplace. Give us courage to raise our kids. God, give us courage in our marriages that are hanging on by a thread. God, give us courage in the middle of our addiction. God, right now there's a spouse in here that you're addicted to alcohol, you're addicted to drugs or whatever it is. God, give the other spouse who's free courage to stay in the fight, God. Give them courage to stay in the fight. God, give those who are fighting anxiety courage, Lord. God, give us courage to stay within the church. God, give us courage, God, to follow you and obey you. God, give us courage tomorrow when we go back to work, God, to deal with those kids, to deal with our boss, to deal with our co-workers. God, fill your people with courage, God. Let us be a people of courage and that we might be a people who obey you, God. Now, by your Holy Spirit, Lord, just impart courage right now to your people, Lord, that we might be found faithful no matter where we're at, no matter where we serve, God, no matter what sector of influence in our society, God, we find ourselves in, God, that we might be courageous, Lord. I pray that you do this by your Holy Spirit, God. Make us courageous and fill us with your courage. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's clap for him this morning. Jesus, our King.